Hello, this is Terry Angus, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. And welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I'm J-Mac, your host. A lot more to be positive about as we lost a respectful 1-0 to a team better than us, frankly, in nearly every department. But however, it's still nil points out of a potential 12. How positive shall we allow ourselves to be and what can be tweaked in time before Monday's transfer window shuts? Master Will Oakley and Josh Wolford on his debut are here to chat all about it as best we can. Chances with Wolves. Let's discuss it. Fulham. You know what, lads? That nice, narrow victory means we are now level with Manchester United for 11 goals conceded in the Premier League so far. So, you know, every cloud is a silver lining. Anyway, um, I'd just like to have your quick opening thoughts about this game. I'll go to you first. Josh, seeing as it's your debut, mate, what were you thinking about this game? A lot more organised, a lot more reasons to be positive for the season, do you think? Yeah, I think there was definitely a massive improvement from our prior, uh, prior to our first three games. We... Looked a lot more solid at the back. We looked up for the fight. I feel like people were putting their bodies on the line, tackling. Mm. Uh, in terms of attacking, we still looked a bit dull until Lutman came on. He really injected a lot of pace into our attack. But overall, yeah. I feel like we stayed in the game. And, you know, losing 1 0 at Molyneux, it's not the worst result. I feel like we can take a lot of positives from that. And after this national break, there's a massive game against Sheffield United, where we have to pick up three points. Yeah, 100%. And I'll just read the stats really quickly before we go. And so, uh, ball possession, we had 52.9% to their 47.1. 10 shots in total to their 14. Seven chances created, and they had seven as well. And one big chance created, and they only had one big chance as well. Accurate passes from us, 454 to their 400. And the pass success rate for us was 88% to their 85. So so there are things to be positive there. Well, I just want to hear your opening thoughts so far, what you thought. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much back up everything that Josh said. We definitely put our bodies on the line a bit more. Um, I know just how many shots Reem must have blocked was insane. You know, he was on the floor the whole time and trying to sort everything out, which I think that was Reem's best game this season, definitely. But also one of the better games, if you compare to last season, probably one of the better ones over there as well. And yeah, I mean, it's a massive improvement to the first few games, especially, you know, after the Brentford loss and the Villa one, it's hard to bounce back after that. I know we're kind of talking as if we got a win, which obviously we didn't, but you have to remember that Wolves are a side that got top seven last season and the season before that. Uh, you know, it takes it takes a lot of fight to, to do well against them. And, you know, you've just read out the stats. It showed that we were a good side. Um, I think Lookman was definitely our most positive player. You know, the amount of energy he brings, how quick he is on the ball, that was brilliant. And I think if Tete is back in the next couple of weeks, hopefully he gets fit over the international break and he'll be ready to start against Sheffield United. Him and Lookman on the right side and then keep Brian and Robertson on the left, that could be a, a nice little partnership. 
Yeah, well, Tete is still recovering from his injury at the moment. And we had uh, Aina there instead today. So let's actually talk about the opening lineup and our thoughts on it. So there were plenty of surprises in the lineup once again. Um, it was a bit of a, you know, a whip round. Uh, Premier League debuts from Aina, like I said, and Robinson as we reverted to a back four. But it seemed like actually off the ball, we were more of a back five. And when we had were in possession, it turned into a 4-2-3-1. Uh, Michael Hector has finally been dropped to the bench. John Bryan playing further forward. What, what were your thoughts, Josh, when you saw the opening lineup, mate? Well, I was happy for Robertson mainly because I feel like in the cup games where he has played, he's impressed. He drives us forward. He's always looking to go forward. And he's also a decent defender when he has to defend. So I feel like it's a definite upgrade at left back. Obviously, it was quite hard to figure out when they released the team sheet initially. It was quite hard to figure out how we were going to line up. But obviously, Brian and Yend played further forward this time. I feel like he'd done a decent job because when Robertson pushes forward on the overlap, Brian can fill in at left back. Obviously, his natural position is left back. And as we saw previously last season, he can deliver a good cross, Brian, had a lot of assist to Mitrovic. So that is something where we could work on throughout the season. Aina coming in at right back, I felt like he struggled at Brentford, but today he definitely stepped up his performance. He did, yeah. Say he was an upgrade on Dennis Adoy. He was more alert defensively. I remember him winning a few good headers in the box. And he looked quite comfortable throughout the majority of the game, so I was pleased with that. Mm, mm. And, and just to get your thoughts on it, Will. I mean, do you think it was safe a safe bet to drop Michael Hector for the bad form that he's in? I thought it was it was quite a strange decision, actually. I mean, LaMarchand, you know, it's people that joke about it on Twitter, you know, King LaMarchand, stuff like that. It's quite funny, <laughs> yeah. but I, him and Reem starting at centre-back, there's no way that... that Weird, wasn't it? None it's of us crazy, could believe it. I, I don't think it was that bad in the end. I mean, yeah, I, I think he played all right. No, nothing stand out, but nothing dodgy, no mistakes. Um, I think I would like to see Hector come back into the team. But I think it's sort of a good thing to drop him because it's showing that he's not set in the team. You know, if you make a mistake, you're going to get dropped. And now, hopefully, that will motivate him to see better performances than we have so far in the first few matches. I think he will probably come in uh, for next match, especially after the international break. He might not get called up. I don't really know what games are going on. But I think if he has that two weeks to work with Parker, it definitely could work out quite well. And I'd like to see him and Reem uh, back at centre back with the tactics that we used today because I thought the way the, you know, Robinson and Brian overlapped each other, one of them drops back, one of them goes forwards and Aina at right back is is decent, but I think I'd rather Tete. But yeah, I think the the formation worked well when we were on the ball, when we were off the ball, the way it changed was good. It was quite fluid. Hmm. I think there's just a few of the players that can come out and other players drop in. And I really think that system could work quite well. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was nice to see us as you say, just be so on it when with knowing where everybody was, it just looks so organized from viewing it from, you know, afar and just the defensive shape that talk to me about this, Josh, because do you think this is something that actually we've done purely because we are running out of centre-backs at the moment? Do you th- or can you see this is something that we might actually work on? Because obviously we have some centre-backs coming in, hopefully, but do you think that this is now sort of the, the way we should go forward from now on? What is that? Sorry, a back four. Well, I mean, it- I'm trying to think because it, do you think we'll revert back to a four-two-three-one once we get these new centre backs in? Is I guess what I'm trying to say, or do you think that maybe now this is just something we should stick with at five at the back when 
when we're off the ball, potentially. I like the idea of five at the back because I feel like our win-backs suit that system. We've got attacking win-backs in both Brian and Robinson. Mm. Tete has looked like he can deliver whilst going forward. He obviously got that assist that leads for Mitrovic. But Tete is very good defensively as well. And obviously five at the back, you get three centre-backs in there. So you just have more numbers naturally. But uh, a common sort of feeling within the football world is that if you're playing five at the back, it simply means that your two centre-backs aren't good enough. So yes. if we could sign quality <laughs> centre-backs, then I feel like the four-two-three-one worked well, but you have to have the players to do that. I've, I've, but to be fair, the March on and Ream felt like they did a good job today. They did. I thought they were. I thought they did a really good job. And I've, just going back to the the Robinson and Brian link. I mean, this is Robinson's Premier League uh, League debut today, and it was a really nice mention uh, from him on Twitter, and also the um, the American football team. And well, I just want to know: do, do you think that relationship is something that could really blossom? Because you've got two a link up between two proper left sided players, and, and you know the switching and stuff. Do you think that could be the way forward for us from now on with just those two players? They could create havoc. Yeah, I think it definitely should be considered in future games, considering how well, well, how well I thought it went today anyway. I mean, you know, Robinson is so quick. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And he can. He seems like a pretty solid defender. He also can attack. I feel like Brian's probably the better attacker and Robinson's probably the better defender, but both of them can do a bit of both. So I'm all for the overlapping, the interchanging, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the fans have been saying they want to see Brian at left wing for a while and we tried it today. And although he didn't, I don't think he played as many crosses as he could have, but he definitely opened up some space for certain players to move about. When he had the ball, I feel like his passing was was good. I don't think he made too many like dodgy passes. I think he was quite sensible in the choices he made. And when he plays further up the pitch, I think it gives him a bit of freedom. You know, he can risk staying up there. Whereas obviously when he's playing left back in a full back, he can't he can't just risk staying up there and waiting for the ball. But when he's got Robinson covering behind him, you know it can work if one of them stays up the pitch and one one of them goes back. So yeah, I think it's definitely something we should consider, and I quite liked how it worked today. Yeah, let's um quickly talk about Ariola. So Ariola, man, I mean he showed the first sign we have seen of his quality today. I think with his double save in the twenty seventh minute, and I just. Mm. I just think it's such a relief that he isn't actually shit because you actually there was that sort of fear that we've we've done it again. You know, we've we've bought a keeper to replace the one that sort of got helped us get promoted and, and just isn't actually cutting it. And it was just good to actually finally see some real quality from him, wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, well I'd have to say I don't think you play for PSG and Real Madrid and you're poor. I feel like if you're at them top level clubs, you've got to have a bit of quality about you. And obviously the double save, that was a standout moment from him. But I felt like he commanded his box very well as well. Yeah. That which takes a massive pressure off the defence. If your keeper's coming out flapping at everything, you're already nervous. So if he can come out, collect the ball, it just calms everybody down. So obviously the double save, everybody everybody will look at that and think, Wow, yeah, that's that is class, but just overall coming out, commanding his box, I was very pleased with that. Well, hopefully Ariola keeps commanding the box the way he was. I mean, I know he conceded the goal. We'll come to that a bit later on. But I just want to talk about the defensive shape and how good we looked in the first half. Now, this actually meant we didn't concede within the first 10 minutes for once, which is amazing. We we managed 45 and more. But what I just want to know is, 
going, we've talked about the goalkeeper, we've talked about the defence. I just want to know your thoughts, Will, on the combination. I mean, I thought Anguisa was, you know, brilliant. He cut every blade of grass this game. But I wasn't ever expecting that him and Tom Kearney would make such a good double pivot sort of, you know, defensive midfield sort of pairing. And I thought Tom Kearney had a very good game as well today. What were your thoughts on that combination with Tom Kearney? How do you think they both played together? Yeah, I, I thought they were great. I mean, I've said since Anguissa comes back on loan, I know you've probably had enough of me saying it now, but... No, I'm joking. He, he's, yeah, I know, I know, but he is he is unbelievable. I think he's still young. He had a great season at Villarreal and he's looked good so far this season. He's looked strong in tackles. He looks like he wants to play for the club uh, most of the times anyway. I mean, last week against Villa, he didn't look very happy, but this week, you know, he, he looked happy to be playing... Um, he, he was putting his body in the line. He was happy attacking. He was happy defending. And I think that the fact that him and Kearney can play as, well, a, a defensive midfielder for Anguissa, both of them, I reckon, box to box, and then probably Kearney attacking midfielder as well. I think it's a perfect balance because if one of them attacks, the other one can stay back. And yeah, I just think it works really well. They've both Great, both great at passing. I'd say Anguissa is probably a bit more direct than Kearney. He would rather just get the ball up there, and Kearney likes to slow it down. I know last season a lot of us weren't very fond of the way Kearney slowed it down, but sometimes it does work. You know, sometimes you need that player to slow down the game when it's getting quite intense and when we just need to have a slow build up. Uh, whereas Anguissa is that you know faster, stronger player. But yeah, I thought Kearney was great at Wolves and. If I'm seeing more performances like that, I'm not going to be complaining if he's getting in the team over certain other players. Um, it's quite strange how, I mean, I assume Harrison Reed and Lamina are both injured, but also we mm. didn't see Onomer at all today. So I think there might be a few injuries going around in midfield. Luckily, Kenny has stepped up because there isn't really anyone else to take his place. So yeah, those two both looked quite good today. I was really impressed. I'd just like to sort of agree with Will and say Kenny was great. I feel like his use of the ball is very, very good. I've always said that about Kenny. I can't really remember a time where he gave the ball away today. And yeah. when you're away from home, you need that. You need to keep the ball. You need to make sensible choices. And I would just say our midfield is looking very, very strong. It's probably our strongest in-depth sort of part of us of our squad. Because this is a bit random, but I went to university near Southampton and a lot of people oh, yeah. went to quite a few of their games and my mates are saying, why is Lamina not in your team? Why is Lamina not in your squad? They're, they seem to think that Lamina is a very, very good player. So if he can sort of, I don't know if he's injured at the moment, but if he can come in and add more quality, then I feel like our midfield is looking very strong. Well, I, I mean, I, I find that interesting. I personally think the future of this season could actually be Anguissa and Lamina together in the midfield as a potential pairing. But we'll see. We'll see when it comes to that. We'll just, I mean, they'll, they're at the moment, they're just playing through these injuries and we'll see how it goes. Now let's talk about the goal that we conceded in the 56th minute. Um, Ariola made a decent stop. It was a really good stop, actually, uh, from a 1-1 situation after Jimenez beat Maxime Lamarchand for pace. But seconds later, we find ourselves behind. Now this time, it was actually a really, really quality strike, I think, from Neto, their number seven, rather than a defensive mistake. And I've tried to find a scapegoat. I really have <laughs> for, the, for, this, for this goal that we conceded. And, and to be honest, I feel like mo more than everyone was actually trying their bit to make sure the goal wasn't going in. I mean, I could maybe look at Kearney for not tracking back quick enough. It looked very similar to the goal that we can see against Villa. He's just sort of running just behind. But 
I'd just like to know your thoughts were locally on the goal. It's quite hard to pick out an actual problem here rather than just give praise for the quality of the goal. Uh, I can't see any problems. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can do. That is a great strike. Um, yeah, it's just a brilliant goal. Ariola didn't have a chance. Um, you know, players seemed pretty organised, even though they scored. One, I think one player ran out to him. The others stayed in a strong, solid line. It's just a great strike. And, you know, it's going to be hard for Ariola to kind of see where the ball's going when he's got like five, six, seven bodies in front of him. Just um, diving in front of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. But, yeah, no, I don't think anyone's at blame. I think we were unlucky and, you know, on another day that might not have gone in and we could have fought for a draw. And, you know, on another day we might have got a winner as well or an equaliser. So it was a good goal, great goal. And just unfortunate, really. I don't think anyone's at blame for it. Can you think of anyone to blame, Josh, for this? Or just a great strike, mate? Like I said, I, I can't find a scapegoat. I just think it, yeah, I think everyone did their good. Yeah, it was a great strike. I don't know if I'm wrong in thinking, but what led up to the goal, I don't know if Reem was sort of dawdling on the ball and then we could have looked to, he tried to play out. I don't know if that mm. was before the goal or not, but as you say, in terms of the actual strike, I think it was actually Mitrovic trying to fly in for a block and Aina were both mm. there putting their bodies on the line again. And I think it might have actually gone through Mitrovic's leg, so you can't really do more than that. It's a great strike. Ariola, absolutely no chance. That's the quality of the Premier League, unfortunately. Yeah, and we've just and the quality of the Wolves players. You've got to remember how good these guys are. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, Neto isn't a mug, and you know, at, at this point, Adama Traore hadn't even come on. Well, let's talk about what we tried to do to solve this. In the 67th minute, we went for two attacking changes when Lookman and Kamara come on for Cavallaro and Brian. And having firstly tackled himself to give away a throw in, Kamara couldn't finish our best chance of the game after a great bit of skill from Lookman, which set up a counter-attack. And I think I remember you, Josh, before we actually started recording, it looked like pretty much our only clear and obvious counter-attack of the game. I wish we did it more. But he had a chance to score this and it just he just didn't take it. And it was one of the most beautiful chances created in the game. And I just want to know your thoughts and just how good Lookman looks for us and how that... He was just a bit of a lightning bolt of electricity that we needed at the time, wasn't he, Josh? Yeah, Lookman, I mean, I'm actually surprised. I know we're talking about how good Brian and Robinson linked up, but I'm surprised Lookman didn't get a start today. Just you could see his quality as soon as he came on in uh, midweek against Brentford. He injects that pace into the side. He looks to go forward. He's got a bit of skill. He looks like a really quality player. And again, he came on. And, yeah, he created the best chance of the game. I think he was in our own corner. Uh, mm. Did a little body paint away from one, little one-two of Kearney. And then he played yeah, played the through, through ball to Mitrovic. So he's got end product as well, we can see. And then, yeah, obviously, Kamara. If that's one of their players, that's probably slotted into the bottom corner. And in the Premier League, especially when you're away at clubs like Wolves, you're only going to get a few chances and you've got to take them. Unfortunately, today, Kamara couldn't do so. But yeah. encouraging that we've actually created the chance. As you say, yeah, that's probably our only one counter-attack. And when you don't let teams get set, you can see what happens. People are chasing yeah. back rather than really being in their positions. So I feel like if we can do that more, then we'll create more chances. I just feel like in another dimension, though, this should have made it 1-1 and that should have actually been the, the final score. What are your thoughts in this moment, Will? Yeah, I mean, Kamara really should be scoring. I don't think there's really much excuse. All it needed was a little tap. There was already pace on the ball coming into the box. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, it's frustrating, especially 
you know, at the time it was so frustrating. Um, but I, I think, like Josh said, it's positive that we even created that chance. I think whenever Kamara comes on, he does look like one of our most lively players. He just can't, you know, he gets on the ball, he makes good runs, he just can't, you know, pass, cross, shoot. It's like when Adam Atriore was first at Wolves, he looked so good, but then just couldn't score. And then he had yeah. that one game against Man City, and it's like all taken over. I seriously still think Kamara can become a good player. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to become like a top, you know, be starting for a top six side, but I think eventually he could end up starting for Fulham if he just works on that end product a bit more. I think maybe it could be a bit lack of motivation, even lack of experience in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I think if we just work on a few bits, he definitely can be decent. He's not old either. I think he's still 24, 25-ish. So still got a lot of time to work on it and hopefully that will happen. Uh, on Lookman, he was just unbelievable. You know, um, yeah, just the runs he was making, so quick on his feet, good little passes. He read the game differently to a lot of players, I think. He just knew knew where players were going to be. He knew where to pass it and then where to run to, created plenty of space. and Loads of back heels as well. <laughs> I yeah, think exactly. about four or five just, back heels he did. Yeah. yeah, I think he just knew where players were and that's brilliant. You know, for a young, he's young as well, young player like him, to know to know the game so well is promising. It really is. Um, I'd love to see him start maybe right wing and then keep the Robinson Bryan link because I really okay. think that you know, my my friend said to me that today was the first Fulham game he's watched where he's where we've looked like Premier League quality. And I seriously think that's right. The other games we really haven't. But today, you know, we just looked brilliant, especially when Lookman came on. So why not, if Lookman starts, we can build on that first half, but with him in the team, I, I seriously think we can get some results, and I think he does really change the game for us. Well, speaking of changing the game, let's move on to the substitutions that Scott Parker made with 10 minutes to go. He brings on Niskins Cabano on for Bobby Reed with 10 minutes to go. And, you know, we got quite excited because Tom Kenny made like a very old school sort of Tom Kenny hazy run to win a free kick. Uh, Cabano hits the free kick right into their wall. And he actually missed a few chances, Cabana, but he still was in a position to make them. So I can't criticise him too much. But there is a lack of quality there, in my opinion, which we'll come on to in a bit. But I just want to know what you think about the last few minutes of the game, Josh, because Scott Parker made the right changes and we did actually look like we would probably equalise in the last dying embers of the game, don't you think? Yeah, I feel like towards the end of the game, we were definitely on top. We were building momentum. Parker was trying to introduce fresh legs, trying to... Uh, get that equaliser in the last 10 minutes. I feel like when I was watching it, there was a stat read out that in the last five minutes, it might have been 80% to 20% possession in our favour. So that just yeah. shows that Wolves were sort of just in a defensive shape. They were just holding out for that 1-0, really. And we were on top. Although, well, like, to, to, sorry to interrupt you. Can I just ask you this honestly, Josh? Do you think Wolves were very good today? Because I don't think they were very good. I feel like this is why I'm really annoyed about the result. Is because I feel like this could have easily been a point or even three. I just, I do really feel like just Wolves were not the sort of, you can see why they lost 4 0 to West Ham. But I definitely expected more from a side that obviously finished in the top seven last year. Everybody hmm. seems to enjoy the way Wolves play. They like the manager in the media. They seem to be a lot of positivity around them. But yeah, as you say, they lost 4 0 to West Ham last week. You'd expect a reaction, really. And I thought, Overall, we were probably, you could, it could easily be argued we were the better side over 90 minutes. Um, 
I definitely, as I say, expected more of a reaction, but they were very lethargic. They didn't really play with much intensity. I feel like they had, Connor Cody was hitting nice diagonals where they looked the most threatening, but mm. they couldn't really get Jimenez in the game. They, Yeah, they didn't really create loads. I mean, obviously, Ariola had that double save, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I would. it could definitely be argued that we were the better side over 90 minutes and we should have, on another day, we would have got a point, maybe yeah. even three. Well, I mean, you know, it's a shame. But nonetheless, that's four defeats out of four now. And it is it is scary, but the signs are there. And I just, Will, I just wanted to get your thoughts on something. Like, we've talked about the defence. Now, we know we need defenders, and there are a couple that we'll talk about later and that we'll link with. But I feel like now we are crying out for a winger more than anything. I know we've been linked to maybe Harry Wilson to go alongside Lookman for us. But I just feel that our attack is just lacking just as much quality as the defence is now. I, I feel like even though... There were good signs. It felt like we were potentially trying to walk the ball into the goal once again today. And, you know, Cavallero, actually, I thought had a bright start, but really, really started tailing off. And, and you know, Cabano was slightly wasteful. I just want to know your thoughts and what we should, like, with the attacking quality we have and what you think we could do to improve. Yeah, I think Harry Wilson or, or Josh King would be great signings, you know, both if possible, yeah, but... I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, we definitely do look better with Brian at wing and and starting Lookman on the other side, but I don't think you can start them two every game and keep that um, formation and tactic going every game with Brian up there. So, yeah, I think another winger like Harry Wilson would be great um, to play with Lookman. And then in other games where you can rest wingers, you know, put put Brian up there. I'm surprised we haven't seen that much of knockout, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I mean, like you say, Cav started well. I thought he was actually quite good in the first half, but he really did trail off. Um, Bobby Reed is not Premier League quality, um, and Kamara isn't ready to start yet. But I think you know, knockout. He's proven himself in the Prem before. He has, and obviously he declined a bit over the last few years. But th- there's no one saying he doesn't still have that in him you know we haven't even given him a given him given him a chance in the premier we've only played him in the cup games i think played him against brentford you know he hasn't looked great but he hasn't been playing alongside the players he would be week in week out in the prem so for me i think knockout still deserves a chance especially if we don't sign a winger i don't yeah. see why it's not worth the try but yeah i think a winger or at least one attacker maybe a cam that can play wing or something is needed I, I still think centre back should be the priority, though. Oh, and I'm, I, I get—I'm sure it is. I'm sure that's like they're on the case right now. But who knows? But I, I, it's so funny you mentioned Knocker. I was actually thinking today, and I don't know why I was thinking it. It was probably a moment of madness. But I was just thinking how I actually missed him cutting in and being selfish a bit because we've been crying out for crosses, and Aina was crossing so many times, but the crosses were so shit, and they just kept missing Mitro, who was really isolated once again. So I'm just thinking, you know, crosses. The crosses aren't really... I actually want... I, I, it would actually be nice to sort of see a winger cut in a little bit more. And what are your thoughts on that, just as how isolated Mitro was? Because it feels like even how the organisation and defence jeopardised what we potentially had an attack for this game, don't you think? Yeah, I feel like, obviously, Mitro is not the most mobile striker in the world, but... No, he's not. I felt like, I felt like he was isolated today and... It, we don't really want to turn into that side that's a one-trick pony. We're going to go down the wing and everybody knows we're going to try and cross it into Mitro. So 
it happened against Villa. They had like Mings, Conza, all these big lumps just marking Micho. He's never going to be able to win much, really. Yeah. And it's the same today when they got three centre-backs, uh, Saiz, Cody and Bully. I mean, you're crossing it into Micho. You're asking a lot, really, if you've got three decent centre-halves up against just Mitrovic. So I feel like if we can use him, utilise him in a different way, try and play into his feet, try and get the wingers running off him, and because I think he is good at that, he's a very good hold-up striker. He can bring others into play. He brings the best out of players. Yeah. So everybody's speaking about, yeah, we've got to try and cross it. We've got to try and cross it. As you said, you've got to add quality into those crosses. You can't just be hitting them and hoping for the best. Yeah, and I've got to, you know what? I've got to say that this is only his second game for us. So I mean, you know, I've got to maybe get him some slack there because I mean, it is like you said, and he's he's already improved hugely after a terrible game against Brentford. So hopefully, you know, that accuracy can improve while Ted's recovering from injury. Um, I just really like to get your Scott Parker rating now, lads. Like, well, what would you give Scott Parker for this game? I just generally your thoughts and you know if he can turn this around in the net because you know. With Scott Parker, I'm just being honest here. I want him to do well. We all do. But if he doesn't get any more points in the next three games, that'll be seven games in a row without a win and or at any point at all. And, and we know what that usually results in for any manager in this league. I'd just like to know your thoughts on that and just your general Parker rating, man. Yeah, I mean, I really want Parker to do well. I, I don't know. I think kind of the end of the transfer window is going to determine how well he's going to do. Um, I think it's going to be harsh on him to sack him if we don't sign a centre-back. But Oh, yeah, definitely. If we don't sign a centre-back and, like you say, we go and lose the next five or whatever, it's hard to say that he's done a good job and deserves to still be in the job. I think, I said at the start of the season, I'll back him. And even if we go down, and I think I still will. I think today... The way he set out the team was absolutely brilliant. And for me, I'm going to nice. give him an 8 out of 10. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. The way he played Brian up the field, let Robinson overlap. Um, I mean, the only thing that could probably pump up his rating a bit would be starting Lookman. But I think the way he noticed how Anguissa and Kenny would work well together, dropping Hector. Uh, yeah, I just thought everything was pretty good. I mean, obviously, like you say, the crossing was a bit woeful, but eventually we did start playing it to Mitro's feet a bit. And that's when we started creating a few more chances. You know, that's how we created the Kamara chance. It wasn't a cross. It was just right. to Mitro. Um, so, yeah, 8 out of 10 for me. I thought he didn't do too much wrong. Maybe just start Lookman and probably bring Hector back in. But I thought dropping in was the right choice today. So yeah. And that was a brave choice as well. Uh, it was a brave choice to drop Hector. And I actually, I think I'll go for eight. I'll go, I'll go for seven. But, I, but that's good. You know, I mean, I feel... For the sake of positivity and the sake of knowing that we've got an international break coming up, I'm going to give a seven because I think he set up very well. He made the bold, bold choice with Hector. His substitutions were good. And at the end of the day, you know, he's not in control of Kamara at the time for missing that shot. If if Kamara just had a better day, it could be one all and we'd be a lot happier right now, especially against the Wolves side. Josh, you're the Parker rating, mate. Yeah, I'd have to agree with both of you in the sense that I do want Parker to stay. I like Parker. Obviously, he's a new manager. He's still learning on the job. He'd done very well to get us promoted in the first place, I feel like. And yeah. I feel like he deserves his opportunity in the Premier League. As you say, if I mean, he hasn't had any centre-backs or new centre-backs to work with. So it's it would be harsh on him to sack him if we don't sign any centre-backs, which I can't see happening. I hope we get a few through the door 
and I feel like we've got a, a decent chance of, of building something if we can just get the right players in. Unfortunately, we still lost the game 1-0, but I think I will go with a 7 out of 10 as well. I feel like he set the team up well. As you said, it was a bold choice to drop Hector. A lot of people view him as the, the best centre-back we have right now. But I feel like the march on and Reem actually worked quite well. And then, yeah, another bold choice with pushing Brian up to wing, which actually, again, seemed to work quite well with Robinson. So I'll give him a, a solid 7 out of 10. Nice one. All right. Okay, so seven, seven, and 8. This quickly, before we wrap this up, lads, let's talk about the transfer. But it ends, obviously, tomorrow night. Or tonight, or yesterday, or yesterday, the day before yesterday, whenever the fuck you were listening to this, people. But what I mean is, it's just generally, we've got, you know, a lot of uh, centre backs have suddenly been, you know, linked to us all of a sudden. And I think more are going to come up, but we've still got Tadebo. I think that's how you pronounce it Tadebo from Barcelona. Now, he's 20 years old. I keep hearing links from White Noise on Twitter that he doesn't want to come. He's locked himself in his bedroom, et cetera, et cetera, and doesn't want to join Fulham, but Barcelona want to sell him because they need the money to buy a centre-back from Man City. You've also got a guy called Joachim Anderson who's just come up. He's a Danish centre-back who plays for Lyon, who looks really handy. You've got Omar Colley from Sampdoria, who looks like an absolute beast, which would be brilliant for us, and he's obviously under Ranieri right now. And you've got this other guy called Baumgartel, I think I'm pronouncing it right, from uh, Eisenhoven, who's uh, from the Dutch League, who's meant to be a bit meh, but not too bad. And the Julian Foyf rumours have now gone, of course, because he's now, I think, on loan for Villarreal. And there are a lot of centre-backs to be linked with, and I just quickly, before we go, would like to know which one you'd like the most, if you could only pick one. And I'll go to you first, Master Will. Oh, that's a, that's a difficult question. Um, I've always said I wanted to Debo, but I don't think, if he's the only one we're bringing in, I think either Collie or uh, the Anderson guy from Leon would probably be better options. You know, they're a bit more experienced than him. Um, so I think one of them two would be great. You know, they both play in, well, one, the top Italian league, one, the uh, top French league. And yeah, I think they're both good centre-backs. So what I'd like to see is one of them two and Tadebo, because obviously he's 20, like you say, he's young. Um, definitely something he could, definitely someone for the future that we could, keep and you know build forwards with um but yeah if we had to bring in one it would probably be anderson from leon but i think those three options are the three for me that i'd like to see i'm not too sure on this um timo Baumgartel guy timo Baumgartel, uh, yeah 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 i'm not too sure on him i mean he's not old and he's got a fair bit of experience but i, I if he's not getting in the psv team how great can he be, really? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't let don't let Matt Dom hear you say that because he'll he'll get he'll get angry because he he thinks everyone's an expert on the Dutch leagues now and getting very angry when we're not even giving him a chance. But no, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think Anderson sounds a, a decent shout, and oddly enough, he's only just been linked today. So <laughs> who knows? There could be even more bizarre links going our way. But I, I say that I feel who knows. But after the international break, the bad, the center the center halves that we've got who have had bad form like Michael Hector. And Ring could have shaked off their band form and then they can actually stand alongside one of these new guys. But I'm starting to think that Maxime Lamarchon hasn't actually put a foot wrong, really, since he's been playing in the Premier League. And I feel like maybe he could be incorporated next to one of these new guys. And just, Josh, I'd like to know who you'd like out. If you can only pick one, I think we'll sign two, but if you could pick one of these set of bet links, which one would you pick? I think I'd have to pick Omar Colley. Just feel like he's most suited to the Premier League. He looks like a physical presence. Yeah. And going back to going back to links, I've saw us linked with the likes of Scott Dan. 
and Dawson yeah. and people like that. And I feel like they're along the right lines of the players that you, you want to be looking at. I feel like if you can introduce a couple from the foreign leagues and one sort of big lump from the Premier League that can marshal the bat line, been there. I know Dawson got relegated with Watford, but he spent a lot of time in the Premier League with West Brom. So they know the league. I feel like they can marshal our bat line. And with that sort of experience at the back, I feel like it goes a long way. So yeah, I'd go Omar Collie, but if I had to only pick one, I'd go, yeah, Omar Collie. But I feel like Premier League experience is 100% what you need when you come up. I completely agree. I think I would go for Omar Colley or Anderson. Either way, I think we'll sign two. And I think there's, I think there'll be some surprises, as they usually are with Fulham. I think we'll probably... Who knows? Josh King sounds unlikely, but, you know, the form of a slashing his price to £10 million at the moment, so it could happen. Who knows? All right, then. Well, that's, thank you for joining me. That was a really good episode. I really enjoyed that. And we'll see what happens at the end of the transfer window. I'm sure we'll talk about it. And we will be back, guys. We'll be back in a couple of weeks after the international break to discuss well our preview against Sheffield United, which will be hosted by Frenchie. So thank you very much to Will Oakley. Thank you very, very, very much to Josh, who on his debut. Good job, mate. And thank you very much to Frenchie for producing this show. We will be back soon. Ta-ta.